0: Our objective was to give a meeting planner as few reasons as possible to say no. So
1: if Toronto's kids want to get married here, you could have 2,000 plates and... Well, they could have
0: 2,000 plates or if it's, as we would expect it to be, a much smaller group because, you know, you need, you need to have friends who'd say yes. Amen. <laughs>
2: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue in
3: downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince
4: Vetrano. We spent some time today in the north section of the Baird Center. Scheduled to open in May of this year. Good
0: morning. Morning, how are you? Try not to get us lost today. Try
4: not to get lost, all right. That wasn't me, by the way. That was Marty. (laughs) Yeah, Marty making the joke, not us. So along with our digital guy, Dylan, Eric, and I got a personally guided tour with the president and CEO of the Wisconsin Center District, Marty Brooks. So this is the Downtown Convention Center. It was originally called the Midwest Express Center back in the day, later the Wisconsin Center. It's now Baird that has the naming rights and a nearly half-billion-dollar expansion that is months away from its debut. What, May, right? May, yep. So the number of events that will be in there, and then this thing is booked out through like 2030. Not booked out. It's not booked up. It's booked out.
1: They, yeah, they have as many as 2030. I think even beyond some of you have been yeah. asked about even going further than that to lock in. So. so you'll notice I did not call it the new section of the convention
4: center. They're no. very, very careful about that.
0: We really didn't want to have an old and a new. People don't want to book the old, so... What we've done is the existing building is referred to as the South Building. The expansion is the North Building. They are connected um, via the second and third floors. You can traverse without going outside. Yeah, where would you like your convention? you want it in the old building or the new one? (laughs) (laughs) New one every time. Right, yes. The original
4: building, if you will, the South Building, got an interior makeover. So it's going to match with the North, and some of that is still ongoing. But the expansion is loaded with tech, amenities, flexibility, and outdoor space, all things who book conventions say they want it.
0: A massive LED board, not quite the size of the new scoreboard at America Family Field, as you guys were talking about this morning, yep. but um, massive scoreboard going vertically over the entrance of the South Building. So there are three different outdoor spaces there? Well, there's more than that. you got, this is a terrace on the oh, second cool. level, and then we'll get to the ballroom, and you're not going to believe the Baird Skyview Terrace. Uh, so we, we have four outdoor uh, places. I mean,
4: if you think about the original convention center, like, once you were inside, you were inside. Was it, right? it, right. So I get people want, especially if you're booking the ballroom for some sort of gala or whatever, you want this outdoor space.
1: It was incredible. I, you know, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting what I saw on that outdoor terrace. I mean, you can put tents up there. You can have bands out there, tables out there. I mean, it is it is a special-looking place. Versatility also yes. a word that I took away
4: from it. Every space can be divided up in different ways depending on the needs right. of the conventioneer or the event holder. So if you need a bigger space, fine. If you need breakout rooms, fine. Like They can move things around. What did
1: Marty say? Marty said our goal was to not give them any opportunity to say no. We'd
4: love to be here,
1: but you don't have... Yeah, Nope, nope. Here's this, here's that. We got everything.
4: So coming up at 6.50 this morning, we'll take you inside. We'll tell you more about one of the signature features of the North section. Eric alluded to that. Sure to be the spot that you're going to want to take your picture, your selfie, your group photo, and when you'll have an opportunity to do that this spring. Brandon's got sports. That's coming up next. Time for an
2: update from the
3: Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After beating the Mavericks in Dallas on Saturday night, Giannis and the Bucks were back in action Sunday night, this time on the road in Utah. At one point in the game on Sunday night, Milwaukee was up 19 points, but ultimately, they fall to the Jazz by a final score of 123 to 108.
2: It is handled by Clarkson. Turns the corner on Beasley. Sends it to the
3: opposite corner. Now the three pointer from Markinen, and he has given Utah its first lead since early in the second quarter. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. As the Bucks fall to 33 and 17 on the season with the loss, it was a rough one for the Bucks. They were outscored in that final quarter, 40 to 13. Their worst in a loss since 2021. Give them credit. Defensively, I thought they did a good job. I thought when they went
0: big early, we rushed. That's why I called the timeout. So guys, just settle down. We're going to get every shot we want. And we did. We just couldn't make any of them.
3: Head coach Doc Rivers there following the loss. The Bucks' five-game West Coast road trip has one more game left in it. Milwaukee will be in Phoenix on Tuesday night to take on the Suns. Over to some college hoops where the Wisconsin Badgers dropped their second consecutive game on Sunday afternoon. Number two ranked Purdue knocking down number six Bucky this one by a final of 75 to 69. Great college basketball atmosphere. Uh, I thought two really good teams that both did things well. Both did things that you know will both have to get better at. But really the the effort and the grit and the defensive following the game plan for the most part I thought was really good. But a lot of things we'll learn from this. I think this when you're playing at this level you you gotta you have to check every box. You can't check three of five or five of seven. You have to be elite in in a lot of areas and we weren't
0: enough, and that's tonight.
3: Head coach Greg Gard there following the loss for his Badgers, who, with that loss, now fall to 16-6 and on their season, also 8-3 in the Big Ten. They'll hit the road on Wednesday night to take on Michigan. And lastly, some good news. We'll stick with college hoops. We finally get a win yesterday. The UWM Panthers finding the win column for their second straight game, wow. this time defeating the Jaguars of Indiana University. Wow. Purdue University <laughs> Indianapolis by a final of eighty seven to sixty seven scoop it to the top Freeman
0: straight on three bucket and that should seal the deal right there.
3: Scott Wars on the call on 101.7 the truth it did seal the deal with that victory. The Panthers now two games over five hundred sitting at thirteen and eleven. They'll head on the road next to take Youngstown State Thursday night. So some good news. The Panthers salvaging a rough day for
4: Wisconsin hoops. Dance. Who gets to play the the cats, the big cat sound when you're you got Panthers v Jaguars, kind of a probably to whoever the home team is. Right. Who's the bigger cat? <laughs> right. I don't know Panthers v of Jaguar? Jaguar? I don't, I don't know. know who That's wins that. That's a good that. one. I guess UWM <laughs> six nineteen on Wisconsin's morning news. At 6.22 this morning, the U.S. planning more airstrikes on targets in the Middle East. The promised retaliation for the attack on a U.S. military base in Jordan that claimed the lives of three Army reservists. Hours after those soldiers' remains returned home in the dignified transfer ceremony at Dover Air Force Base, the U.S. began lighting up targets in Iraq and Syria. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers is with us live from Washington this morning. So, Karen, busy weekend for the U.S. military, Mm -hmm. claiming success on this first round, Mm -hmm. vowing more to come.
5: Yeah, U.S. officials say the strike Friday night were successful in degrading and disrupting the militant's ability to continue attacking U.S. forces. They were very clear, though, administration officials, that this was just the beginning. There is more to come. Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, said on ABC yesterday it was the beginning of the response. There will be more steps. Notably, he said some of those steps will be seen Some may not be seen. The president, after the strikes uh, on Friday night, put out a statement saying that they will continue at times and places of our choosing. He said the message is the U.S. doesn't seek conflict in the Middle East or elsewhere, but that those who seek to do us harm should know this. If you harm an American, we will respond. And that response Friday night was 85 targets at seven different locations inside Iraq and Syria. They were hitting command and control operation centers, supply chain facilities, uh, military hardware depots of these militia groups and groups that are sponsored by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps.
4: So sponsored by Iran. And that's Mm -hmm. important, Karen, because still Mm -hmm. some are calling for attacks directly in Iran. And that has not happened yet, nor perhaps will Mm -hmm. it.
5: That's correct. And the White House will say, you know, the sponsored by is funding, training, supporting. And, and as officials were putting it last week, you know, just not uh, Discouraging these attacks uh, against, you know, U.S. Uh, interests, U.S. forces, attacks in the region. That's an important part of it too. In terms of the attacks inside Iran, there is uh, pressure from Capitol Hill, some Republicans calling for that. A very robust response from the administration. We're told that the president is very hesitant to do that because of the potential for widening the conflict in the Middle East. And every statement from the administration, as they say, these strikes will continue. As they say we are going to defend our interests. They're very quick to also say, but we do not seek direct conflict with Iran and we do not want to further destabilize things in the region.
4: And meanwhile, Karen, we have continued strikes in Yemen and that's where the Houthi rebels sort of separate from this, but also believed to be backed by Iran are still launching these drones and missiles at commercial targets in the Mm -hmm.
5: Red Sea. Yeah, and it's kind of striking because, you know, things are kind of coming fast and furious over the weekend. And it might be pretty confusing to people to say, well, wait a minute, what is that in relation to what happened in Jordan? It's actually, you know, a separate thing happening at the same time. You've got the uh, retaliatory campaign for the attack in Jordan that killed three service members, and you have this allied effort with the U.S the UK, with support from six country partners that are trying to stop these attacks by the Houthi militants aimed at commercial ships, U.S. Navy ships in the Red Sea and in that region. That's something different that's been going on now for a couple of weeks. But those strikes that have been happening now over the last several weeks haven't stopped these relentless attacks by the Houthis. The president was asked yesterday, are the airstrikes working? And he said simply, yes.
4: ABC News House correspondent Karen Travers. Appreciate your time, Karen.
1: Have a great day. Meanwhile, we even have this drone attack in eastern Syria that hit a base that houses U.S. troops. U.S. troops were there, none of them injured, but uh, six allied Kurdish fighters killed. That happened late last night. So, yeah, like she's saying, that they, they may not all be connected specifically, but it's all happening at the same time. And there's the whole idea of deterrence. That apparently is not working yet. But right. if you knock out
4: capabilities to continue to wage these attacks, that at least seems to be the motivation behind this front-end response.
1: A lot easier to use a drone, too, than trying to figure out how to get someone to a different piece. The Bucks <laughs> insist they're improving, even though they're 1-3 under the new head coach. Brandon Snyde has sports at 6.45. Grammys were last night. Taylor Swift won big, winning Best Pulp Vocal Album honors uh, for Midnight. She uh, did not mention... Her boyfriend Travis Kelsey at all? He was not there. He's in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Oh, well, I, c- but- I come to your big games. <laughs> she did drop this bombshell, though.
0: My brand new album.
1: Yeah, new album comes out, out
0: April nineteenth.
1: <laughs> he- I don't know how that's possible. What, AI? What do you do? Like, <laughs> how is she she's a little more busy. Music? Anyway, so Jay Z was honored. Uh, he received the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. And he called out the Grammys. He said he was a little disappointed because of Beyoncé has won so many albums. However... I don't
2: want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of a year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys... Never won album of the year. That doesn't work.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. See, it doesn't make sense to him that that would happen, and he kind of called it out because Taylor Swift would then go on to win album <laughs> of the year. Jay Z also had this to say: Some of you
2: gonna go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed. <laughs> Some of you don't belong in a category. <laughs> oh no! 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 No!
1: That was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> okay. it was a pretty funny speech. He went on for about three minutes, kind of just speaking very honestly about how he how he felt the Grammys handled things.
4: I guess do you you think Beyonce wants him up there saying like she should have won? Like, <laughs> yeah. hey man, like I'm with you, but hey man, yeah, stop it, <laughs> stop right. it. No, thank you. Hey, speaking of which, the, the collision of Taylor Swift and pop culture and Hollywood and politics. It played out on ABC News this week. Our guy from Wisconsin, Reince Priebus, was on talking about a conspiracy theory involving T-Swift, the NFL, and the upcoming election. We'll tell you what Reince said about it next. Politics meets pop culture on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos. Did you see any of this? I read about it. Yeah, I read about it, it, too. It plays even better when we share it with you. Reince Priebus is chairman of the host committee for the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee this summer, was also former President Donald Trump's first chief of staff, was chair of the RNC for a while, I was asked about a conspiracy theory being floated that somehow the Super Bowl is rigged, to set up Taylor Swift and her Kansas City chief's boyfriend to announce an endorsement of President Biden and that that will somehow sway the election. Here's Stephanopoulos. Fox News, at least several of the personalities on Fox News seems to have become obsessed with the idea of Taylor Swift uh, helping Joe Biden. Some even going so far as to say that it's part of a conspiracy, a psychological operations conspiracy led by the Pentagon.
2: <laughs> well, that right I, 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 I'm i not gonna go there. Look, I think the whole
5: thing. <laughs> well, that's really I, bold, <laughs> right?
1: So, Priebus, he's hey, like, hey, good for George, though, to, to right, tease him. That's really it. bold. Well, so
4: Priebus went on, he's yeah, he not did. taking the bait. In fact, Pretty much calling it out for what it is. I I
1: think it's a
2: powder (laughs) keg of stupidity. Um, (laughs) You've got two of the most, you talk about two of the most popular things in America right now, Taylor Swift and the NFL. And we've got a party that wants to, you know, grow the tent. Uh, I don't think attacking those two, uh, Taylor Swift and the NFL, is obviously the way to go.
4: He also continued that he said, like, like, there's a couple of things that not much that we all agree on. Pretty much we should agree on these two things. Like, NFL's doing great. Right. Everybody loves Taylor Swift. Can we just agree on that? Also did defend the party, saying this crap is not mainstream Republican thought.
2: It's not Republicans attacking Taylor Swift. It's some people on the Internet right. that are hitting, that send on a, on a tweet. That's all this is. And so there are plenty it's of other people like to- me that are calling it what it is. And
4: I did when... <laughs> I saw the headline, Taylor Swift makes big announcement at the Grammys. But she didn't. She
2: didn't come
1: out. by some endorsement? (laughs) Right.
4: They were right. (laughs) 6.45 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the
3: Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Bucks road trip continued on Sunday night with a loss in Utah to the Jazz. This one by a final of 123-108. to Giannis led the way for Milwaukee with 33 points, Bobby Portis added 27, but with that loss last night the Bucks now fall to 33 and 17 on their season. Over to football where the NFC defeated the AFC in the Pro Bowl games in Orlando on Sunday by a final of 64 to 59. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield named offensive player of the game. And lastly to college troops the 6th ranked Wisconsin Badgers lost their second game in a row Sunday, falling to number two ranked Purdue by a final of 75 to 69. the Badgers with the loss fall to eight and three in big 10 play. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers offseason got rather interesting last week with the hiring a former Boston College head coach, Jeff Hadley, to be their next defensive coordinator. And as fun as it would be to break all of that down, time will ultimately be the deciding factor in that discussion. What doesn't need to be determined next season, though, is the debate on the future of this Packers team. After going 9-8 and eight this season and coming up just short of playing in the NFC, championship game, most would assume the Green Bay Super Bowl window is right now. I, on the other hand, would disagree with that. I don't even think it's open yet, to be honest. And that's some really, really encouraging and incredible news, especially if you sport the cheesehead on Sunday afternoons. Look, let's Call it what it is, this team wasn't even supposed to be this good yet. They completely annihilated the number two seed on national TV and outplayed the number one seed for probably about 95% of that game. Jordan Love proved he belongs. The rookies played incredibly well. And the crazy part is none of them were really healthy all season long. Upcoming, this team has seven picks in the first four rounds in the 2024 draft. Seven. Certainly more talent will be added for 2024 to pair with an already uber-talented 2022 and 2023 class. In 2025, the Aaron Rodgers money finally comes off the books and will help bring in some free agents going forward. It was a fun season, no doubt, but this team, to me, hasn't even started to scratch the surface. They're just starting to realize how good they can be. Their window isn't even open yet to win a championship, and since, in my opinion, that is the case, 31 other teams should be very worried about Green Bay for today, tomorrow, and for years to come.
1: You know, I've always you know, thought of myself as a fairly handy person around the house. What
4: well, makes one of us, right?
1: <laughs> yes, you like, are. Like a little bit. Like I'm not Don't get me wrong, but you know, like okay, can handle this or that. Know your the way around step. the toolbox yeah. a little bit. And then we went to the Baird Center Construction site, and all of that is now gone. <laughs> I, I feel no confidence in myself at all after seeing what those guys were doing.
4: Well, they're, they're professionals. They do that for a living. Yeah. They build big buildings.
1: So we got to tour of the Baird Center construction site, downtown Milwaukee, last week. And uh, this is the site that is right there. It extends north of where the uh, current old Wisconsin Center used to be.
4: Which you're not supposed to say.
1: Yeah, it's, it's north and south, not old and new. Correct. right? So here is our trip to the Baird Center construction site. We made it. We are
4: on the ground at the Baird Center construction site. Grab a and a bus.
0: This is the main entrance to the North Building. You'll see a three story atrium. We'll get, go inside and take a look at it. We're getting the tour from Wisconsin Center District CEO Marty Brooks and the steel structure that you see wrapping the stone is the framework that will hold an LED board. The architecture of the
4: project truly stands out across the street here from UWM Panther arena Brooks
0: pointing out the massive overhang of the exhibition hall extends over the side one of the elements that was identified as a must have as part of the expansion project was that we get to over 300,000 square feet of exhibition space. So we needed to add 112,000 square feet. We're limited to the footprint of the land that we own. So the only way to get to that 112,000 square foot number was to extend over the sidewalk because we needed that <laughs> so additional So somebody space. drawn up the plans was like, oh, it almost fits. Yeah, they said, we, we can't get <laughs> to that number. How do we get to Brooks's number? <laughs> so here's we, an idea. Here's how we do it. Architecturally, it's beautiful, but there's a method to the madness. We had to extend the uh, footprint. To the left is the new sky bridge to the Hyatt. So mm-hmm. you've got three escalators up to the exhibition hall level, and then from there, escalators. I'm going to switch back up to the ball
1: This facility has everything, and it's huge. Plenty of space, rooms upon rooms, state-of-the-art technology,
0: a ballroom that holds 2,000. Our objective was to give a meeting planner as few reasons as possible to say no. So
1: if Vetrano's kids want to get married here,
0: he could have 2,000 plates? and well, They could have 2,000 plates, or if it's, as we would expect it to be, a much smaller group because you, know, <laughs> you, need, you need to have friends who'd say yes. Amen. This could be divided into a smaller room and, and accommodate you know, 80 people, which is probably a stretch for him, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs>
4: The walls of blank canvas right now eventually will be filled with local art. that all has a Great Lakes and Wisconsin theme. It's
0: representative of the state, whether it's the northern part of Wisconsin, Pfizer Forum, uh, Amphim Field, Summerfest, State Fair Park. So when someone leaves this building, uh, if that's all they see, they're able to get a representation of our state.
1: One of the coolest parts of the facility is the outdoor space. Is that
0: something you've seen that
1: people have wanted, that they've asked for?
0: Well, it's not so much that they're asking for it, it's that you can tell people want to be outside. And even though we're certainly a cold weather climate, nine months out of the year you can be outside. And I, and I saw what happens at the, at the Vicer Forum. People like going out to the Padawatomie Club and going outside. Oh, This is awesome. God, this is huge.
1: The third floor outdoor terrace wraps around the north and east side of the building. Eric and I both noticed, Marty, when we came up here. I don't know that there's a spot
4: to have this view
1: of the city. I mean, every building in town, you can see the Couture, of course, the Heights right here, you can see City Hall, the Panther Arena, Pfizer,
0: Turner Hall, would Milwaukee I, Theater. What I had hoped. Miller High Life Theater. Miller High. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> stick, stick with your day job, Eric. Stick with your day job. <laughs> where we're heading right now.
4: This is the spot that no doubt will be where all the selfies are taken. It's on the terrace, the okay. corner of Kilburn and Velar Phillips. What
0: do you call this? King of the World Corner. So stand there, look outside, and look, look to the east, and you can. King and- I'm King of the World. I'm King of the World! You're awesome.
1: yeah, no, <laughs> <leaving> you. <laughs> you guys made me. You put me up to that. I wasn't gonna do you you. it. You loved it. Actually, that that was stunning. I, I wasn't expecting that that terrace to be that unbelievable but it was super cool up there And
4: there's another terrace or open space on the second level Mm -hmm, like there are multiple places where you can get outside i thought that was one of my takeaways from this if you think about the convention center as it's always been there was once you were inside you were inside Mm -hmm, i mean barely even windows like when you're in these convention halls and like you have access to outside it's what people said they wanted and then the other word that i take away is versatility Any space in there can be divided, subdivided, whatever. So, like Marty said, we... We don't want some convention here saying, this is great, but what about this?
1: No, there, there will be... All options are on the table. Yeah, we can open it up however you want. So it opens up officially in the spring, and just like Serve, and they did this at what was once Miller Park, you will be able to go through it. The public will have access to it the first weekend, both days, to be able to see every nook and cranny of the North End.
4: And you can do your own, you know, king of the world. Yes, that's right. With your selfie.